0: You're listening to RootLock Radio. Hello and welcome to RootLock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston and I am your host. The beacon card for today's episode is the hermit, and as we spoke about last week, the hermit connects us to our inner wisdom. We turn inward and disconnect from the outside world in order to find some wisdom within. In today's episode, we're going to aim to reframe the fool and look for some wisdom of our own in doing so. Reframing the Fool, we're going to think about the concept of spirituality as it relates to tarot and how the Fool presents almost what I see as a thesis statement of how we can effectively get in touch with our spiritual side. This will be the first of three essential card reframes in this season. The other two are coming over the next two weeks. And my hope is that across these three episodes, you will gain some new insights into the Major Arcana journey and the tarot in general and what it is here to teach us. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Rootlock Radio. The overall goal of this season of RuLock Radio is to provide a sort of giant reframe of the major arcana of the tarot. So far this season we have covered the concept of echo cards and the inverse relationship of the lovers and the hermit cards. Both of these episodes were aimed at showing us some of the ways that the cards connect with each other across the major arcana and some of the systems of numbers that we may not see when we are first studying those major arcana cards. We'll definitely be doing more of this kind of excavation as the season continues. But another component of reframing the major arcana as a whole is to reframe some of the key cards in the major arcana as individuals. And this serves a couple of purposes. The first is to take a deeper dive into certain cards that may be less straightforward or less easy to understand. Taking time to study and gain insights into a particular card is always a useful part of developing and deepening your tarot practice. For me, the cards are always evolving and what I see in them continues to develop as I work with them and this is one of the things that I really love about tarot is the more time I spend with my deck, the more I learn about it and the more that is reflected back to me about my life, it just is a relationship that gets deeper and deeper. And so, I, you know, and through it, I learn all these insights in, about myself and what it means to be a human. And it's such a dynamic relationship. So, that's one of the purposes, right? And last week's episode did integrate some of this as we talked about that inverse relationship between the lover and the hermit. And that's not something that I really discovered until recently. And I was just thinking about the way the number six and the way the number nine look. And that was the starting point. The other reason it's important to dive into key cards of the Major Arcana is that it can begin to tell us more, not just about that particular card, but about the journey as a whole and also the other cards in the deck. So that came up last week, too, right, as we looked at that special relationship between Two cards in the Major Arcana. It also sheds some light into the corresponding 6 and 9 cards in the Minor Arcana. So any work we do on one card invariably kind of ripples out and helps us to learn about the other cards as well. And that's super cool if you ask me. So over the course of this season, I will reframe 3 cards um, in particular that I see as Integral to the journey as a whole. So that will start today when I will reframe the fool, which is the card that sort of sits outside of the journey. That's how I think about it. Um, Remember when we try to divide the major arcana into three lines of seven, which is a great way to organize it, we have to remove the fool. So we'll talk more about the nature of the fool and why having it outside of the journey makes sense to me later today. Next week, we'll do another card reframe with justice. And as I mentioned in earlier in the season, my, my attention was drawn to justice when I was trying to find an appropriate place to cut the journey in half for that uh, 2020 tarot challenge that I was doing. I was trying to split the journey in half and that brought me to think about justice. So if the fool exists outside of the journey, then we end up with 21 cards and we can't really split 21 in half, right? And if we do, we're going right down the middle of justice. So it's only when I started to find the echo card correlations that I realized that justice might have a deep connection to the fool. And therefore, maybe it also has a way of existing outside of the journey in some way. So that's what I'll be talking about next week. And then the final card that I will reframe two weeks from now is the world. And the world card marks the culmination of the journey and the end of the major arcana. And it's also a pretty confounding card because it seems to be so significant, right? It's the very last card in the journey. But the imagery on the card and the placement of it at the end of the journey make it both very significant and also really elusive. At least to me, the imagery doesn't do me a whole lot of favors in totally understanding what this card might mean. Um, And that's not because there's not plenty to be interpreted. It's almost like there's too much and it feels too significant. So we'll talk about that in two weeks. So stepping back, if you look at these three cards that I'm going to reframe over the course of the season in the next three weeks there's kind of also the structural importance to the journey as a whole. And so one way to think about it is if the journey was a book, it's maybe something like we're looking at the front cover, the spine and the back cover, not a perfect metaphor, but it works. So today I am looking at the fool and the fool is such an important card because of its unique placement in the major arcana kind of goes without saying. And though a lot can be said about the fool. It can also be kind of elusive and confusing. So here are a few reasons why I think the fool needs some attention. The first is the question of its placement in the order of the major arcana. Is it the first card? Is it something else? What does the number zero tell us about that card in relation to the other cards? What about its name, the fool? Why would it be called that? And then the image is, as you may know, I work primarily with the The Pamela Coleman Smith images. And on that card, we can look at that image and think, what is happening? And why is this important? And how does it correlate to the, the fool as a card, as a signifier? And finally, kind of encompassing all of this, what does the fool mean? How do we interpret it when we draw it? So in this episode, I will try to answer all these questions by reflecting on my ideas of the fool. And starting off, let's talk about the placement of the card. So is the Fool the first card in the journey? Well, I actually don't think yes or no are the right answers for this question. And there's a couple reasons for this. The first is the number zero. When we consider numbers, we may think of zero as the number that precedes one, zero, one, two, three. But actually zero is not a quantity. It's an absence of quantity. And so the number zero actually exists in a realm all its own. No other number, negative or positive, has the same quality as zero. It is the only number that is, in essence, also not a number. So there are a couple of reasons I think this is important in relation to the fool. The first is that it captures the concept that, just like the number zero exists outside the realm of other numbers, the fool, exists in a realm of its own too, and it cannot be really situated with the other cards. The other reason I think it's important is because the kind of mental gymnastics we do when we're trying to understand how to think about the number zero is actually the kind of thing the Fool card is teaching us to let go of. Overall, I see the tarot as an antidote to our masculine energy Uh, tendencies toward patriarchal white supremacist and capitalist ways of understanding human life Um, so the human brain wants to have order wants to have systems wants to have control and at its best this helps to keep things running smoothly in our lives and our social systems order control systems they work for us a lot of the time right but at its worst it leads to oppression and the quantifying and evaluating of the value of human life. things, Thoughts like these people are more important than these people. Tarot comes along and asks us to look at the things we cannot quantify, such as emotion and spirituality, and to understand that we cannot control everything in the world. There is more to life than power and control. That's a big lesson that I think Tarot is here to teach us. And in fact, focusing so much on power and control is a very unsatisfying way to live, but it's the way our society teaches us to live. So tarot is here really to help us unlearn this. So when we see the zero in the fool, it is revealing to us this great theme that is foundational to tarot as a whole, unlearn, these things that this negative process of of learning systems teaches us. Unlearn things like patriarchy, unlearn capitalism, unlearn white supremacy. You cannot understand control, in essence, quantify everything. And you will discover so much when you stop seeing the world and human life primarily through that lens. So the journey ahead is a journey that shows us this process of learning and then unlearning. That's what the tarot journey is. So where does the fool fit into that major arcana journey? I think the answer can best be worded as everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And also, it doesn't matter. That question doesn't really apply here. And when we ask it, we are thinking of the fool and maybe the tarot as as a whole in the wrong terms. So it's the same thing as kind of when you're trying to understand, well, what does zero mean? What What is the quantity of zero? You're actually asking the wrong question. You're thinking of zero in the wrong terms. And that's why the fool fits so well with zero. So why is it called the fool? And I actually think this question is really similar to the previous one. Because when I think of the word fool... The first thing I think of is a person who does not know anything and the connotation is negative. So it's something similar to stupid or an idiot. See how we are introducing this theme of quantifying people, evaluating their value based on a single criteria like intelligence, whatever that is. Can we take a step back and think about that for a moment? So here is a concept that underpins all forms of oppression. Knowing certain things makes you a valuable human being. It is this very concept that colonists use to justify the brutal and frankly sociopathic conquests of slavery and genocide, thinking these people are less valuable because they insert colonial value here. They aren't Christian. They don't speak English. They don't have schools. They don't have oil paintings. They don't have patriarchal societies. They don't have law enforcement agencies, whatever it is, right? The colonists took those criteria and used them to justify seeing those people as less valuable, even though their societies were set up in completely different ways that made sense as well. So instead of seeing how these different ways that human societies had developed and the different structures that societies could take as a source of value, right? That that diversity as a source of value, they were used as justification for seeing other cultures as lesser and therefore deserving of what would certainly be considered sociopathic treatment. Things like slavery and genocide. I mean, what is up with that? It's pretty pretty terrible, right? So The fool, being called the fool, immediately calls up this question. What is foolishness? How is it measured? Does it even really exist? Is knowing versus not knowing really the most important criteria for us to use to determine a human's value when that other human knows so many things that we don't know, right? And this continues, of course, with systems like higher education, Uh, Have you gone to college? If the answer is yes, society sees you as valuable in one way. If your answer is no, society sees you as invaluable in that way. But really this is just a perpetuation of, of colonization. It favors some people and targets others. It stratifies us. It creates a system in which some people are seen as valuable while others are not and is based on criteria that ultimately are pretty arbitrary. I mean, think about college entrance exams like the SAT. We all know that this is only a test of our ability to take that test, right? Like that's pretty standard knowledge. It's not a test of our true knowledge and intellectual ability. So what does that mean? It favors people who have the money and resources to take SAT prep courses and to learn how to take that test. So one of the most important gateways to college is not actually your intelligence but it's more your resources that you have to put towards learning how to take a really arbitrary test right it's designed to disadvantage people who are already disadvantaged so again the fool is calling us to question this concept of knowing versus not knowing right the sat is not a a true test of knowing versus not knowing in a way that matters. It's a test of knowing versus not knowing in a way that holds certain people back. And that's sort of what The Fool is here to like point out, call us out on in a general way, right? Is like there are a lot of places in society where this exists. So again, this is a huge underlying theme of the tarot and essentially what the tarot is here to ask us to investigate. So let's take a quick break and I'll be back to talk more about The Fool. RootLock Radio is made commercial-free by the generous support of its listeners. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can join our Patreon group. A $5 per month contribution gets you access to special deals and discounts, as well as access to the RootLock Radio Tarot Discussion Forum. In this forum, hosted on Discord, you can chat regularly with me and other RootLock Radio listeners. It is a great place to bring your tarot questions and reflections and to find support and inspiration in your tarot journey. You can also support me by purchasing one of my tarot PDF books or by enrolling in my self-directed virtual tarot course. All of this can be found on my website, rootlocktarot.com. Another great way to support the podcast that's totally free to you is to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps new listeners to discover Rootlock Radio. And of course, to keep up to date, follow me on Instagram at RulockTarot and sign up for my email newsletter. Regardless of all that, you show your support by listening to Rulock Radio. And thank you so much. So what do we make of the image on the Smith Rider Way card? Honestly, I think the Fool could be represented by a lot of images. In fact, the Fool is best represented by no image. When we think we understand what the Fool looks like, we fail to understand the nature of the Fool. But there is also definitely ways that this image on the Fool card aligns with what the Fool is here to teach us undoing this knowing versus not knowing as criteria for creating value and integrating the emotional spiritual into our approach, right? So, so we're kind of unlearning something and then we're also integrating the more emotional and spiritual side. So on the card, what we see is a figure, a human figure standing on a precipice, right? Looks like a kind of a scary place to stand. And rather than looking down, they're looking up. So When we look down in a situation like this, we get in touch with our fear. We activate our anxiety and our survival instincts, which in turn deactivates our emotional and spiritual openness. Those two things are sort of in an inverse relationship with each other. So it becomes a moment of grasping for an understanding of the dangers of the situation rather than a moment of being present with exactly what is happening, right? When you're standing on that precipice, if you look out and you kind of are present with what's happening, you might feel really amazing, right? Like, wow, what a view. But if you look down, immediately your fear and anxiety is activated and you're beginning to think about all the horrible things that could happen and how to keep keep yourself safe. Those are two very different mindsets based on just the way your head is tilted, right? So this person on the card is favoring presence looking up at the sky feeling the sun on their skin most likely feeling a breeze they are choosing to be in the moment and not jump to any conclusions about what disasters could await on this precipice right how many times have you stood on a cliff and fallen down it right probably not any (laughs) um, because you're still here but i would imagine if you stand on that cliff and look down I know for me, what happens is an immediate fear response, right? And so the, the fool is here to kind of get us in touch with these two different states, right? Anxiety and presence as, as two things that we can kind of choose to tap into at different moments. So honestly, this is modeling for us the best way for us to manage our anxiety. When we can tune into the present moment, using our senses and really just feel into where we are then we can often transcend our anxiety. And the tarot is here to teach us how to do that. That is one of the big great lessons of the tarot because anxiety stems from our human minds grasping to know the unknowable and to control the uncontrollable, right? So we're kind of tapping back in and seeing that connection of how anxiety and that like power and control structure I was talking about earlier are intertwined. So in this very image, the ultimate goal of the tarot is perfectly modeled for us. And this is part of the reason why it does not work to think of the fool only as the start of the journey. You can't really put into words very well what the fool is to the journey. But one way to approximate it is to think of it as a constant reminder of what we are trying to achieve. It is a state of transcending the limits of human experience. That we can only ever approximate and never fully achieve. The journey ahead is one of learning to be human and then unlearning parts of being human that are destructive to our emotional, spiritual, and interpersonal well being. In a way, the Fool is a thesis statement for the Tarot. As a human, you want to be able to develop the skills to get back to this place of presence. Which we can unfortunately really only do for moments of the time, moments at a time, but having the ability to embody the fool in the midst of what is often a chaotic human life, we have a profound tool for regulating anxiety, which to me is symbolic of the human need for control. Again, so it is a tool for finding presence and therefore access- accessing the usually hidden realm of spirituality so what happens when we draw the fool it is a reminder that you do not know that's it we never know what the future will bring but the fool shows us shows up to remind us of this constant truth that we constantly forget so if you draw the fool see if you can sit with that undoing of your need to know see if you can find presence with your immediate environment your body your senses your emotions your feelings of love and connection with others, everything that is happening right now in this moment as an alternative to being in your anxiety, imagining all the best and worst case scenarios that could unfold in the future. Let go of control and see if you can just be in the moment and allow. That is the healing invitation of the fool. And honestly, it is the healing invitation of the tarot as a whole as well. The Fool is the most pure and simple encapsulation of what the tarot is here to teach us. So that's it for today, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Ruloc Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It is written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Doa, Davis, and Jure. You can find links for both of these incredible artists in the show notes. To support the podcast, consider joining the Patreon community. And if you love RootLock Radio, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a kind review. To learn more about me and the tarot goods and services I have to offer, please visit my website, rootlocktarot.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Root Lock Radio.